0: Welcome back to the Mompa. I feel like it's been
1: ages since we've had a pour-in.
0: How weird. Like
1: it's been slurpins.
0: We've been sober. Sober lately. Queens. Sober Queens lately.
1: We've been on our coffee and water bullshit. Yeah. But we were just at Allison's. We're plugged. She, we were told to plug and mention Allison since she's the only one not here. We were at Allison's bridal Did shower. Did you tell you that? Well, she was like, yeah. mention me. Shout me
0: out on the podcast. She's like, can I just be there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> can I even be in there? <laughs> she's like,
1: there's four of us. Three of you are going to do something? I don't like it. Mm, it's
0: unfair.
1: <laughs> she needs to be a, a guest yeah, She needs to be like a, entrance like a
0: referee. Here. Like, hey, uh, Honestly, oh, don't say
1: that. her commentary is usually very good, so...
0: 100%. She's I'm chewing on ice. Lady. It
1: is an ASMR
0: episode. There <laughs> you go. I People um, love that.
1: But anywho, we have a very special repeat guest. Have we had a repeat guest? Oh, Mackenzie's mm-hmm. been on before.
0: Oh, Mackenzie's this is your third time. Third time. Third okay, on. well, Good that's term. who we have on. That's Mackenzie, who we have. Mackenzie Peterson. All, all the font.
1: <laughs> CEO here. and founder of the Yellow Door Company.
0: <laughs> that is which I know. Boss mom. I love mom, you guys. Yes. Best mom. Coming from the wife, baddest of the friend, bitches that I'm in sister, front of. sister, everything. I'll be about Sisters
1: everything. <laughs> um, we are diving back into Mackenzie's surrogacy journey today, kind right. of getting the close out on this journey. Um, but we were talking about earlier, like how crazy it is that the first time you came here to talk about your surrogacy journey was the first time that we met. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Allie at, and Mackenzie. Ali speaking, met. yeah. The yeah. first time that we had met. And yes. now we
1: are such close friends. Our yeah. babies are such close friends. Mm-hmm. It's just like such a like full circle moment. life man we're all so close now it's like so fun no I am truly yeah
2: I'm I'm like so thankful and I feel so blessed that you guys asked me to be on the podcast because I feel like that was like a really low point for me like friendship wise coming in and out of friendships and then to have you guys and like have a sense of community starting from that podcast episode yeah completely like changed a lot so happy gives
0: you like kind of what you need right when you need it yeah you can be in the dark spot for such like a long period of time and then like this light happens and you're like oh wow like I didn't even know that's what I needed yeah it's crazy because
1: I've never felt something like that before until this friend group like that it was supposed to happen to me when it did kind of thing don't you think Mm -hmm. that happened
0: with you and chance
1: Um, a little bit, but you know, that was work. Like that didn't really, like Chance and I were, you know, tough at the beginning, like any relationship. And so it didn't really feel like it was easy and perfect. Whereas like us being friends just kind of like fit. It made sense. We didn't have to try like it fit. And that was funny. Like I remember Mm -hmm. after you left on your first podcast episode with us, just thinking like, oh, are we just like really good at hosting or like, do we click?
0: Like, do we just fit well? Do we just talk well?
1: Like, is it was it just that we're like good at what we're doing, or was it the fact that like, oh my god, we should should be be friends? friends? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, after that, I'm like, every guest we have, are we going to become besties? We need to be friends with all of them. (laughs) I know, seriously,
2: you guys need like a one year like. Launch party oh, or I like anniversary party. This is, party first, this is the party, bitch.
1: Alyssa's the party. The first bitch. I
0: episode we have, I've written down. It's what day was happen. it? It's in April. In April. I don't, I don't like know the date off oh the top. of my god. Yeah. And we're gonna have a party. I've already thought it. Yeah, that's just I'm gonna gonna be be amazing. I consulted Allie but her and will be there. Yeah, <laughs> no, they, it they will
2: be there.
1: I'm <laughs> not the one that plans the parties. I'm just dragged into it, and and then I enjoy and then I enjoy. You know what? Lately, I've liked it a lot less. Really? It stresses me out. I think you know what it is? When family's involved, I don't enjoy it as much.
0: That's fair. And it's
1: not me being mean. No. It's just a lot more pressure. No, I I agree. I agree everyone because everyone has then, expectations. Like, the
0: aunties and the moms are like, yeah. mm, "This potato salad, like just fucking." Or like, "Oh, you like, didn't get
1: <laughs> hors d'oeuvres? Oh, yeah, oh like, you
0: didn't do that?" And I'm like, "No, no bitch, I eat didn't. these okay, chips." Can we? I, I got drinks, okay? There's like, yeah. drinks. Everyone relax. There's snacks. Yeah,
1: I think when it's the how many of us are there? Eight of us. Mm-hmm. When it's without the, the girls, without the girls, but when it's like the eight parents of us, um, that's when I feel relaxed. Like I don't mind hosting anything like with that group, but. It's easy. Yeah, but because there is eight of us, anyone added to that, it's a big thing.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we roll
1: deep. It's a party. We roll deep.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's part. It's funny. Me and Alice and we're talking about it, and I was like, I feel like we were talking about something, and I was like, oh yeah, the four of us, and she's like, no, no, the eight of us. And I'm like, I feel like I count each person as like a one. A couple. Like, Allie and Chance are one. The units. Person. The four like, units. It's just the four yeah. units. I was like, <laughs> wow, there's really eight of us.
1: There are. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, back to Mackenzie's um, surrogacy journey. I think that as important as it is to talk about pregnancy, it's equally, if not more important to talk about postpartum. 100. And just because you're a surrogate and your situation is different than had you have kept the baby, you're still going through all those hormones, all those same emotions, yet more complicated mm-hmm. because you know what's going on, but it's almost like your body doesn't. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that could, could uh, open up an interesting area to speak about that. And and not even just with surrogates, but women who have lost their children mm-hmm. after birth, oh, or absolutely. you know situations oh, where women go through the whole birthing or women process give their babies up for adoption. or get their babies up for adoption. There are a lot of scenarios in which women go through the birthing process but don't deal with baby like the after. Whole pregnancy, birthing, yeah. and then
0: no baby. Yeah.
1: So I think it's very valuable to touch on, and something that not many people can speak from personal experience. So absolutely. I think we're blessed right. to be able to host that kind of conversation. Um, so whatever you feel comfortable sharing, absolutely, please share. But um, I feel like we should dive into the end of your pregnancy because you were how many weeks when you
2: gave birth? It was thirty-five weeks and three days, which is okay. normally early, right? very early. So yeah. I was a month early. The baby early. came a whole when month early. When is
0: the normal like, forty? That's no, that's is, your is due that, date. Like, is safe. No, isn't there like a safe 37 37? weeks? Okay, that's okay. But your
2: due date is usually 40 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you're considered full term at 37, which I didn't know and I learned. Um, 37 weeks and on, you're considered full term, so baby's supposed to be developed enough to be healthy and okay. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, you definitely want to push for that 40 week mark, obviously, because there's so much that happens in that Mm -hmm. last month.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: um, I was a high risk pregnancy my whole pregnancy due to being a surrogate because I was um i basically got pregnant through ivf mm-hmm. so basically my entire pregnancy i was considered high risk due to so that. that
1: if so if you did ivf that considers you a high-risk pregnant yeah like, do you know why woman, that is
2: um i'm not sure if it's because it's not naturally okay. conceived right. it's more like artificially okay kind of a thing it's More
0: of like a foreign object in your body
2: a little bit a little bit yeah because definitely since the embryo was not mine either that definitely probably plays a, a role in it but i think any woman that goes through IVF is even if it's their own embryo Mm -hmm. that they've frozen. Mm. Um, got pregnant with it's still considered I think high risk. So
1: um, in that same note when you first came on the podcast you were only like 13 weeks pregnant I think.
2: Yeah it was super
1: early. So you hadn't developed any of the issues that you developed towards the end of your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to dive into like how you started to notice that this was different than your pregnancy with Kendall that there might be problems what the doctors were saying
2: any of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah absolutely so I feel like biggest lesson that all of you guys listening can take away is listen to your bodies because if you feel like something's wrong like you need to advocate for yourself yeah and yeah and I didn't I've never experienced something like that I've always you just trust doctors right you know you you went to school
1: for that you know like yeah
2: yeah not even thinking like oh you're just another human like me that just went to school for it like people make mistakes you know like you're human too and um I basically towards the end so, at my 30, what would that be, 35-week mark, I basically went in for my normal routine checkup, and after I got done doing all of, like, the basic, like, questionnaires that the OB asks you, I was explaining to her, like, oh, I've been experiencing some abnormal swelling compared to my previous pregnancy with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can ask, you guys listening can ask Ali, Alyssa, and Allison. They were like, girl, we didn't realize after I delivered how yeah. well, swollen. You,
1: we, you didn't yeah. seem swollen to us at the time. But looking at you now, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Because yeah. we only, like me personally, only knew you pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you weren't swollen really the first time you came in. But towards the, I mean, I would say like 30 weeks on, mm-hmm. that was the norm yeah. is what it yeah. looked like. And yeah. it was kind of gradual and then like... You went into,
2: you gave birth shortly after my bridal shower. And I remember mm-hmm. how swollen you were No, on my literally the shower. two days later. Your bridal shower was on Saturday and I delivered on Monday. Yeah. Well,
0: you literally came to camping with us. Yes, on the, Saturday. The same day. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, oh my God, I thought I was going to deliver. That's why mm-hmm. we're late. And I was like, oh, sister, you did not need to come. No, yeah. literally. And she was like, yeah. no, no, I'm straight. Next day, gives birth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: No, you literally, like, listening to my body and then not, like... I think in this day and age, we're just so on the go, twenty four seven. So we yeah. like to suppress especially things, especially yeah, especially toddler, with a baby, you're yeah. Running
0: a business. You're like, yeah. I don't have
1: time to sit and think about what could be wrong with mm-hmm. me. Yeah, so stuff. when you were in the doctor's office talking about your swelling, what did they tell you? Did they say it was normal or they just didn't put anything to it? Because you later
2: found out that it was an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I told her that my feet were swelling. And mind you, I'd been sitting in this doctor's office for like 30 minutes. The, the doctor was late. So my legs are just gradually getting like, by the second, bigger and bigger. Like I can feel my feet and legs getting huge while I'm yeah. just sitting on the right. examination bed and um i told her like you know my legs and my feet are really swelling and that didn't happen with my daughter is that normal is that just pregnancy like chop it up to pregnancy and she's like yeah and i was like okay and my hands and face are swelling and she's like that's a little alarming no it's not normal and i was like okay and then she's like you know anything like hands face swelling that's not common like that's more we chop that up to preeclampsia yeah but
0: the feet are normal feet are normal yeah.
2: feet and okay. legs get swollen okay. and that's just because of like bad to circulation an extent, yeah yes. gravity yeah mm-hmm. you
0: like getting bigger
2: mm-hmm. yeah. and then she said and then I told her um every once in a while I'll see stars and she's like okay girl that's definitely not normal like you should have come in a while ago if you're seeing stars and it'll just be like when you start to get dizzy and you feel like I got up too fast and you'll like start to see little stars and you're I feel like
0: that
1: is something where you do tell yourself like oh shit I just got up too fast yeah you don't read into it too much
2: and mind you my whole pregnancy I basically had no appetite like I was not eating but I was somehow gaining like insane amount of weight during my pregnancy like especially towards the end i was gaining like two pounds every week going to like the doctor weight it must have been you holding
1: out your body was holding on to water weight something, something yeah. yeah so were
2: you throwing up till the end mm-mm. no no i was just never had an appetite mm, so okay. i just assumed like oh i'm seeing stars because i need to eat something and i might right. be dehydrated right, and that just right. might be why so i did blood work i did um a urine sample because they check if there's protein in your urine. Mm-hmm. I guess that's an indication you have preeclampsia. Yeah. And everything came back fine, they said. My blood pressure never was super mm. high. Um, It was always like the normal range when they would take it. And then... So this was on a Thursday. And then, yeah, I went to Allie's bridal shower on a Saturday with Alyssa. We drove together. Mm-hmm. And then the next day on Sunday, I had, um, I had like Braxton Hicks that okay. I was monitoring. And I was like, I don't know if these are contractions or if these are like fake like Braxton Hicks so I'm just mm-hmm. gonna monitor him so I waited like two hours and then I was like sorry we were late like I didn't know if I was needing to go to the hospital like I didn't want to drive right. all the way up here right. and be like right. <laughs> actually but when you, came, I'm
0: you were so in- normal yeah like you were like chilling like yeah you were t- yeah like yes. you didn't feel any type that's of that's actually it's, crazy. it's
1: quite common for early labor for even women that are experiencing contraction sometimes can be 20 30 minutes apart yeah you have to keep living your life because you don't you can't go in until they're like three or four minutes apart if you're going through natural
2: labor yeah so
0: you can be do you think you were going through labor like at that time? Early labor?
2: Like It could have been. It yeah. could have been, my buddy. I truly think that I went into labor so soon because the baby like something was going to really like bad happen Go to wrong. both of us. You think? Yeah. Well, he I do. Was a big
0: boy, right? Like he, he was, was huge he was ready. Mm-hmm. He
2: was big. Yeah, it was he, a lot on you. He was he was measuring really big from the beginning. that like doctors kept telling me at my anatomy scan, and then moving on, like he's measuring huge. Like, we're mm-hmm. gonna, they were already gonna induce me at 39 weeks. So I knew I was gonna not go full term with him. Mm-hmm. But when I went into labor naturally, and like I woke up and my water had broken on Monday morning. Is that what happened? Yeah. See, I haven't even heard this. Yes. So yeah. I woke up at like 7 15 in the morning on Monday. I go to the bathroom and I like wake up and I wake up to some contractions. Like, my, I felt some cramping and I was like, okay, are these just like, am i dreaming it or is this really yeah. happening so then i lay there for a little bit i'm like feeling around down there like did i piss myself <laughs> like what is going yes. on yeah then i get up i go to the bathroom and i never had like a gush with kendall like when your water breaks i, yeah, never, I never experienced that. yeah that like movie scene of like mm-hmm. you're walking and it's like a, basically a water bottle just yep. got emptied between your legs never experienced that so this time it was like multiple just constant gushing really? it was the weirdest experience ever Were I'm like sure?
1: oh shit crazy. yeah
2: it was crazy I was sitting on the toilet and I was like I definitely didn't just pee but fluid is coming out of me like yeah
0: like, <laughs> this it's, is it's weird flowing down That's there, yeah. crazy. it
2: was so bizarre and I'm sitting on the toilet and I hear Trey's alarm going off for work and I'm like babe he's like yeah mind you no bags are packed nothing's prepared well you're 35 weeks pregnant yeah, yeah. nothing's prepared. i'm like yeah. not even thinking this is a possibility and i had been saying like man it'd be great if i had i've been telling you guys for my weeks yeah. yeah i'd love to just turn up at Allie and chance's yeah. wedding not freaking be pregnant yeah. and like be- ready to be like ready pop pop. any day yeah. mm-hmm. um so then i hear trey's alarm going off and i was like babe and he's like what and i was like i think my water broke and like it was like flashbacks to when i Went into labor with Kendall. You naturally went into labor with Kendall. I I'm did. Like so jealous of that experience.
0: Did you go through that, um, like, in the same like place that you guys live now, too? Yes. Oh, oh my, my god. god. It was, like double it was legit. Same place. Yes. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. The
2: nostalgia. I was like, yeah. whoa. It's <laughs> happening again. Yeah, it's uh, coming back around, full circle, yeah. Yeah. and. I was like I think I'm my water broken. He was like, "Oh shit." And he just throws himself I hear him like stumbling out of bed and he like starts packing a bag and he's like, "What do we need?" And cuz like, Cause, like you don't need a
1: newborn to fit. You
2: don't Nothing. need diapers. diapers. You know? Packing a bag for the hospital to deliver a child for just you is the like, weirdest what, thing. PJs? Yeah, Trey was like, "Uh, Compies, do we need alcohol? Like diapers? snacks? Yeah. yeah. All the things and just stuff for you." Stuff for me? Yeah. It was crazy. So then crazy. We go into the hospital, and at that point, I like knew. I'm like, we literally, I delivered at La Melinda. We like th- give the keys to the valet guy, cause they have valet at La Melinda. They're Aww, fancy. Mm-hmm. It's not like Redlands community yeah. where I delivered with Kendall. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. So we like valet the car, and they come, and I'm like, this is really embarrassing. This valet guy is like coming to get my keys, and I'm just freaking gushing everywhere. Oh, like, still really yes, scared. it was insane so it was how stopped? long I gushed. So
1: you gushed, and then was there like a pause, and then it continued? Yeah, it Did would you like put a pad stop pad in
2: something? between. Yeah. And I was just soaking through that bitch. <laughs> oh,
1: was
0: shit. it colored
2: or just like clear fluid? It was just like water. That's cool. Had no odor, had no nothing. It was just like so water was heat? coming. No. No, or it's it amniotic, fluid? amniotic fluid. Amniotic fluid, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. fluid inside of you. In the sac of the baby. Right. So it, that's like rupturing. Yeah. So mine wasn't like one giant gush. It was like multiple. Mm-hmm. But it was so much. It's I'm like, really oh, this is it. Because you know, like I had mine broken. Yeah. Right. But right. I had an epidural, so I didn't feel any of this happening. Oh yeah, it was the craziest. It was like I wanted to keep like squeezing like my right. like kegel muscles together. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. "Keep it in. Like yeah. what is going I on?" And it was there. just uncontrollable. That's crazy. So I get up there, they check me in, they're like asking me questions and I'm like, "Listen. Reagan's knocking on the door. Yeah. Reagan wants to be involved." The
0: parents Like, did you notify them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Notify Chance because the. Yeah. Trey. Trey.
2: (laughs) That's okay. All the husbands are intertwined.
0: (laughs) When you notified Trey, were you like, okay, Trey, should I text them? Like, when did you text them and be like, yo, I'm going to. My water broke. So I. like a big thing. Yeah.
2: So I texted my case manager pretty immediately. So I got, I was like on the toilet. And um, something I didn't say before at my doctor's appointment is my doctor said that the only concern I had was I had really low. Platelets, blood platelets. Yeah, Yeah, and that was a concern for not getting an epidural. Which that I had like a a moment of a breakdown because I was like, no epidural in this child is massive. Absolutely not. Yeah, scary. Freaking out. Mm -hmm. So my OB was like, I just like there's nothing you can do about it. Just take a cold shower when you go into labor. So if your water breaks at home, like take a cold shower. That'll help with your platelets. And then that'll maybe like up them a little bit. So then you can have an epidural. Did you do
0: that?
2: Yeah, I did. Okay. So I'm like in the shower, taking a cold shower, just in labor, contracting everything. And my case manager calls me and she's like, Is this the real deal? And I'm like, Bitch, I don't know. Like, I think so. yeah, I think. Going out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm leaking, I'm contracting, and I'm like a month early. So I have no idea what this yeah, means. Right, this is yeah. crazy. But that night, that I, I went to the hospital and they checked me out and they like, They had to give me a um, steroid shot just to make sure that the baby's lungs develop. It, like, helps the baby's lungs develop. So they did that because I was so early. I got Um, one of those,
1: too. We had, like, a scare. I took some medication. And it gave me a panic attack. Oh, my God. And I started... Because I was just an insane person when I was pregnant. So I thought everything I put into my body was going to, like, harm Reagan. Yeah. So I had to take, like, some kind of medicine. And it I started getting what I thought were contractions because I was, like, hyperventilating and freaking mm-hmm. out. So Chance and I had to go in. And because I was, like, I don't even think I was 30 weeks pregnant at that point, they gave mm-hmm. me a steroid shot because mm-hmm. the baby's lungs weren't developed so they're like if this is gonna happen like we need to do everything because it doesn't harm it just helps yeah absolutely So,
0: because you didn't give birth and you got that steroid shot does it, does it do anything
1: no i don't think so i mean it could it it i think it just preps them if they were to come out of the womb but yeah. it doesn't do anything
2: it helps the like development of their lungs i think yeah just it increases but if the lungs it doesn't
0: need it then it just does nothing yeah i don't
2: or yeah it doesn't hurt or it might help so. a little yeah. bit but yeah I hadn't, I didn't experience any of that with Kendall. So they were like, you know, since you're so early, we're going to have to give you this steroid shot. Uh-huh. And then I also hadn't even been tested for that, um, like, infection or the oh, bacteria about. you can pass to the baby yeah. if you have it. And it's very common. Mm-hmm. You get tested and it's pretty, like, it's just a little swab, like you have a pap smear. They swab you, they check. It's very common that you have it. So if you do, it's not a big deal. They, they just need to be for it. Yeah, they put an antibiotic in your IV when you're in labor like when you get to the hospital so you don't pass it to the baby right because it's basically down there and so when the baby comes out you can pass it yeah
0: I mean it's face and mouth yeah yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly so they didn't even have time to test me for that so they tested me like did the test like did the swab test which TMI is really gross but they like stick a swab in your butthole oh my god
0: so yes yes oh my god it's crazy Mm -hmm.
2: it's very child child labor it's great oh it's a great God. thing they,
0: up in your <laughs>
2: they are Trey oh was, yeah when
1: you get pregnant prepare for everybody and their fucking
2: mom to be looking up you
0: yes, because I mean, like, there's no private kid. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. But, i'm in the triage the room
2: right i'm in the triage <laughs> room when this is happening so it's like the room before they take you into the room you deliver in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and trey's like sitting at the foot of it just like bundled up in a blanket because it's cold in there and he's like after they leave he's like they stuck that in your butt. I was like, yeah, they like, did, babe. You do you okay? see what I do with Are you <laughs> yeah, okay? Yeah. But, um, they tested me for that, made sure I was good with that. And then they didn't, even, that test takes like three days to come back, which I didn't know. And so they had to just start treating me for, for it just in case I oh, had yeah. it. So
1: you had the antibiotics in your,
2: um, in my IV already, RV, just, mm-hmm. as, just in case. That's
1: crazy. So Is that one of the only things they did knowing you were delivering early, right? Like, if someone else is Mm -hmm. listening to this that's potentially going to deliver early, what were some of the things that they did in the hospital that were prepping you for such an early delivery? Like, was the NICU team involved? The NICU team was there. Yeah, they were there.
2: So there was, like... He was the big boy. Yeah, there was, like, a huge amount of people in the room that I didn't experience with Kendall Mm -hmm. um when you deliver you all of a sudden have like 5,000 it feels like nurses in your room like it goes from like you one-on-one with your nurse to like a million people Mm -hmm. just staring at your badge the whole time so were parents involved in this so you get to the hospital when did parents come after or speed demon they were there like 30 minutes after we got to the hospital they're coming from la fast
0: track i'm coming from
2: redlands to Lola linda i was like a 20 minute drive they were like an hour and 15 minute drive they made it there in 45 amazing yeah the wife and husband they get there and the wife i was like i knew that husband would like be speeding and the wife was like oh yeah He was in the shoulder, like, on the freeway flying down. No, they were, like, absolutely not. So
0: were they there when you delivered?
2: Oh, yeah. They had plenty of time. They got there. It was, like, 9.15 in the morning. I didn't deliver until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Oh, okay. So they made it. Yeah. We had plenty of time. They checked me out. They were, like, okay, you're good. You're prepped. We're just going to basically wait. I was dilated to, I think, like, a 2. So I wasn't dilated very much. But they were, like, no, you're definitely in labor, though, because your water for sure broke and you're contracting. So they put me in my room. Um hours go by and i'm not dilating enough so then they gave me the pitocin Mm -hmm. so that sped up the process but i got an epidural like right away and this epidural was phenomenal with kendall i don't know if i mentioned it in the first episode i recorded with you guys but it basically just numbed my vagina and down like i felt every contraction with kendall my entire labor you did did tell us yeah that's right so i know what like being dilated to a 10 and getting those bad Ooh. contractions I know what those feel like because Did I feel like it was like half there no it was just literally was, like oh, just my waist down right, okay. it was numbed so you didn't from feel her coming out but no. you were feeling the contraction I didn't feel the ring of fire that all the yeah. women talk about when they yeah. don't have a medicated labor yeah ring of fire just your vagina feels like it's literally on fire yeah, yeah it's like when the head starts crowning and coming out and it's fe- you like feels like fire. a red, like the
0: flames like yeah it. Like,
2: like, it, it, like, it, like your vagina like stretching so Alyssa is and ahead. seth <laughs> won't be having a child for <laughs> yeah from her face <laughs> right now <laughs> i don't know about
0: natural delivery it's,
2: it's a beautiful thing me, it's a beautiful thing yeah but then um the epidural worked phenomenal so that was great okay. and then um they gave me the pitocin after the epidural when i wasn't okay. dilating fast enough and then um baby came and he was like Perfect. He came out. He was crying. They, like, set him down for a minute, and then mom was there, so mom and dad were in the room. Oh, yeah. Walk us through that. Yes. Normally, like, in my birth, baby came out, placed immediately on my chest. Right. That didn't happen. No. It was kind of an awkward, like, he was placed, like, on my, like, stomach. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, just temporarily. Yeah. Like, they had to get him, like, sat, like, laid down. Yeah. and got mom prepped because right. mom was she like laying she down? Needs to hold she needs a whole blanket. She was stuff. um yeah she was gonna sit in one of those recliner chairs they have in yeah. the room for you. So she, they pulled a recliner chair basically like at the foot of my bed for her to immediately get the baby. I mean obviously after they cut the umbilical, yeah. they're not just stretching the baby to her. But yeah. um she was also when I was pushing holding my leg. So it was her she was very and much a yes part, a part of the process. She was and you can I can tell like she was so thankful because. Mm. I had Trey at one leg and when I started to do pushes. And then they were like, do you mind if we, like, call mom over? And I was like, oh, absolutely not. Like, please bring her over. Yeah, so right. then mom came over, and she had my other leg, and she was crying. And it was oh. just super – it was a super special moment for her. So she got to hold my, um, my left side, and Trey was holding my right side. And then when I delivered him, that's when they, like, prepped her. They got her in a gown that was um, able to do, check, like, skin to skin. So they put the baby on her after she cut the umbilical cord. And it was just super – Awesome. And it was really cool too to see it like not my baby. Right. I watched that whole experience and like I almost was like a nurse in that moment. Like I'm making sure like I'm good down there. They're like the nurses are working on me and making sure I'm I'm good. Yeah. But I also was getting to watch like mom do skin to skin for the very first moment of this baby's life. And like I watched this baby take its first Did you get emotional? I didn't really. But I think it's just because I didn't have like a major. Yeah. I was emotional. Like I was overjoyed like I was super happy that this moment was finally here and they were getting their baby yeah but I also was like oh, I'm <laughs> glad this is over yeah I'm yeah. tired like yeah, I, was... I remember
1: before Reagan was even placed on me I was crying really? but it was like a thank god that yes. this is done crying yeah. like that you'd gone because I was only for 27 hours so That's I was just like miserable. so glad to be done yeah. so for you it was more of like a happy than a emotional cry kind mm-hmm. of moment mm-hmm so then did they take baby
2: immediately after? And then it's just you and Trey. And you and Trey. So or? we all hung out in the room for a while. Okay. Afterwards, after I finished delivery, it was a really, like, I wish I would have recorded. I wish I would have mm-hmm. set up a phone and, like, recorded yeah. it. Just because you guys would die. Like, the husband and Trey have bonded over sports through this whole surrogacy oh my journey. Gosh, this is funny. So literally, the... Cowboys played at like 4 15 or something they had the night game on Monday night uh-huh. and so literally they were like right before the Cowboys played good job Mackenzie high-fiving amazing. over me like Trey's on That's one side so and the dad's funny. like heck yeah so they're watching the game as like mom's doing skin to skin and oh. it was just it was really awesome it was really cool so that cute. everyone was involved and yeah. like Trey was there and it was really really awesome that my that story experience. was so funny when I saw it. He's Oh, like, yeah. He was being a she's fool. She's done. Just in time for the game. Yeah.
1: I, like, <laughs> I know. His Instagram documentation. of it awesome. yeah. I'm like, yay. She's done. That's how I
0: knew. Yeah. <laughs> so, Seriously. like,
1: normally, and I'm just going to compare it to mine so that you can compare yeah. to, like, what, quote, unquote, normally happens. But, so you're in the postpartum unit where you move from your room to yes. like up to the postpartum unit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so like from my recollection, normally it's like you get hit with a bunch of paperwork mm-hmm. and you get hit with this and you get hit with that. And they're coming in and they're checking on baby. Did you feel like you got more of a chance to like
2: relax? Oh, and recover? Like you were bothered a lot less. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, after I delivered was on, like all the scary things happened with my medical okay, yeah, talk self. About that. Yeah, so within like forty five minutes, so I was watching them like check me out, that make mean, sure yeah. I didn't tear down there, so making sure they didn't have to stitch me. Mm-hmm. Watching mom do skin to skin, and then within like forty five minutes, mom's getting ready to pass baby off and she's like do you want to hold him and I'm like oh yeah that sounds good and I'm just like uncontrollably shaking and I can't figure out like what's going on and I have my blood pressure cuff on the whole time while I'm in labor which I don't really remember with Kendall um and it was constantly getting tight on my arm like the blood pressure was cuff was on an automated like every 15 minutes it was taking my blood pressure readings and I didn't realize it until afterwards and I'm sitting there and I have two blood pressure readings back to back and it lasted so long like my blood pressure cuff gets so tight for so long like my hand turns blue and I remember Trey commenting on it and like the nurse looked at him and Trey was like um did you see her hand and she's like yeah I'm watching it And I'm not, like, processing what they're talking about. But Trey's very – I'm so thankful for Trey. Like, anything that goes on medically, he's, like, there for me. He's going to advocate for me if I don't do it myself. he
0: will yell at a nurse. He will. I love that. He did. I
2: know, I know. I love that. I'm like, that's what husbands
0: need to be doing. He did. Hey, yo, this is what's going on. Yeah, he was amazing.
2: And so they did two back-to-back blood pressure readings. And my blood pressure was 173 over 113, which I guess is considered severe for them. Because normally it's supposed to be 120 over 80 is your, like, normal blood pressure. So it was, like, extremely high. And I could be completely butchering this. But basically what they explained to me was I developed postpartum preeclampsia, which preeclampsia itself, it sounds like it's, like, pre, like, before Mm -hmm. eclampsia. And or like before delivery, but you can de- de- develop postpartum sorry, a lot of P's postpartum preeclampsia because preeclampsia is basically like before a seizure, seizure is basically okay. what that means. So it's before you're gonna have a seizure, and it can develop it postpartum when your blood pressure spikes. That basically a side effect of the high blood pressure is you can start seizing. Oh my God. So when I had the two severes, they were really concerned I was going to start having a seizure. And then I'm oh. uncontrollably shaking. And you have anxiety now. Because yeah, yeah. now you're like, oh, wow. That I'm going to start seizing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize. And like, fuck. your brain is just so strong. So I'm sitting there, like, freaking out. So then they pumped me with magnesium, which I when I posted on my Instagram about the magnesium drip that I had, so many moms reached out and were like, oh, my gosh, that's the worst ever.
1: What is it? What is, why? why is it bad?
2: So it just makes you feel like shit like you feel like you're on fire you feel like you're like your body body is on fire my eyelids were so hot like my whole body like you could feel me i was like burning up like i had like a hundred and something fever but your body is so hot like my eyes were burning because my eyelids were so hot it was the weirdest why did they give you magnesium
1: in that situation to
2: get my blood pressure lower
1: that's something that does that i guess
2: so okay yeah i guess that's like something they've found that treats that so the magnesium helps lower your blood pressure and then, if the magnesium doesn't work, which for me it didn't, oh my God. I had to get put on blood pressure medication while in the hospital.
0: So, you were there for a total of how many days? So, I went After into labor.
2: Um, so I went in on Monday and I got released Thursday night. Oh so I was God. there for like four days. Jeez. That's mm-hmm. a like a long whole long, working baby. week. Like
0: that's, so that's
1: did the, so the medication worked and then it didn't and then worked and didn't? Is that, cause I remember you texting us like, oh my God, my blood pressure went back up. Like yeah. I have to stay another night or yeah, something like that. Yeah. So
2: that's what I mean by like my brain was so strong. Like your brain is just so strong. Oh, yeah. When I was in the bed so and rough. they would come in to take my blood pressure and it was like getting You'd checked and out. they would... I would get so anxious and like so worked up. Yeah, that my blood pressure would just spike on that one reading Mm. that they needed to come in and see, okay, is it low enough for us to discharge her? As soon as they'd come in, my heart, I could feel it, like, it's coming out of my chest. Because you want to and go home. I want right. to go home so bad. I remember... You missed
0: Kendall.
2: That's oh, a my long God.
0: That's to be away from Kendall because Kendall wasn't there. No. Yeah. The she
2: wasn't time. there. And it was... I was stressed because this wasn't in the plan. Like, I didn't, prep, like, prep for this, nor did I prep to have a baby a whole month early. Right. So, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, was watching Kendall for me and Trey for, like, the whole week, basically. She, like, yeah. kept calling off work yeah. and stayed home with Kendall and um my sister flew in from georgia like the last day that i was in the hospital and like surprised us and it was just a lot like a lot of family that i missed and i missed the norm of being in my own home yeah. and like just being in a hospital just, just stresses you yeah, out right
0: it's just a lot a lot of shit can go wrong uh when did baby get
2: um discharged Discharge. he went home wednesday so he went home a day before a day i did before mm-hmm did. That's crazy. Yeah, so he was like perfect. Everything was fine. They oh, did all his tests. He was just, such a blessing. Yeah, he was ready. He was ready. Yeah, he was, ready. He was six pounds seven ounces. That's so for he a was thirty-five weeks. Yeah, that's baby. Not, that's,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not crazy. That's no, really good.
2: my my sister-in-law, she just delivered three weeks early, and her baby was like five pounds something. Yeah, like, and he was a whole week earlier than that. Yeah, and he was bigger. He was yeah. like a whole pound yeah. heavier. Yeah. so he was. He was a big boy. If I would have, that's why I, I really feel like if I would have okay. gone any longer, oh like I think God. something bad could have happened to yeah. him or me or it both. Been too much for your body. Mhm. And, and I don't know if yeah. Because of you. And I don't know if like the preeclampsia just. I don't think it just instantly developed right after, but I think it like was giving signs after yeah, that I had it, was it happening. yeah but before I feel like I definitely was experiencing it and I don't know if like doctors just didn't catch it or if like the tests because yeah. I mean the tests don't lie like if they don't see protein in my urine I'm assuming like that's not something you can it. mess yeah. up yeah but I just there were so many signs that There's I feel like though, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. things yeah, were definitely that.
0: so you guys leave the hospital
2: we leave the hospital um And we go home.
1: Yeah. What's that? What was that journey like for you? Like getting home and.
2: Yeah. No baby. It was honestly. It was great. Like the first like few weeks were amazing. I felt like I was on like this high that I was just writing like no baby. I'm
0: done. I did it.
2: Yeah. I'm not uncomfortable being pregnant. I'm not sleep deprived with a newborn in the house. Like I'm just getting to relax and hang out with my friends again. And like I could hang out with you guys and drink Mm and. It was just, like, kind of getting back into the normal routine of everything. Um, and I never, because I have a therapist that I talk to through the, the company, the surrogacy company. Right. And so she and I had a conversation, and she's like, how are you doing? And it was a few weeks after delivery, and I was like, I'm honestly doing great. Like, Aww. this is amazing. I love this. Like, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great, everything. And then it was, like, two weeks later, and it just 360, like, flipped. And I felt like the postpartum depression has, like, really hit in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was because that was, like, right around my due date. So I don't know if my, it is and again my mind that bitch is strong yeah. <laughs> so I don't know Dude. if it was my brain like telling me like okay we're gonna play a trick on you like you felt good but like now because we know it's your due date like we're gonna make you feel like crap or I don't know what the reasoning is if it was like my hormones finally like I don't know. Settling in.
0: Crazy. If we decide something's happening, it's happening.
1: It's it's so weird. What made you notice? Like, oh my god, wait, I'm not okay. Was it like a moment? Did it? Was it gradual? And then, what were your feelings? What were the thoughts? What were you thinking?
2: Um, it was probably. I don't remember the exact day, but I just remember there was a day, and I was just crying uncontrollably to really? Trey, and I was just like, I just don't know what's like wrong. It was like, like four I, weeks postpartum. Yeah, it was probably closer to like a month and a week. Okay. Um and I was just like, I don't, I'm just sad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just sad. And he was like, okay, like talking me through it. And Trey's dealing with like mental health mm-hmm. and everything. So he's already like, I'm going, four weeks? this was that like probably close to five. five weeks, yeah. Okay. Okay. Around that mark. And, um, he, no, yeah, it was probably like four weeks. Um, but he was like, okay, you're like giving me like signs that like something's going on. Right. Like maybe you're, developing postpartum depression and so he was like you know it's okay to talk to someone like we can you know go to the doctors and all this stuff and that's when I was like realizing there were little things that would just like trigger me to just be in these super pissed off moments and then within like 10 minutes I would talk myself down and I'd be good And then something else would happen. And I was like, okay, this isn't normal or healthy. And I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And like some mornings I'd wake up and I'm like, I can't can't even fathom like getting myself and my daughter out of bed right now. Like Like, I can't even imagine what that would be like right now. Because I was just so, I don't know, like exhausted. And I don't think I've ever experienced depression before. Mm. But this I think was like my low point. I was like, I think I'm full blown depressed. It it
0: makes you not want to get up. It makes you just like
2: just yeah yeah yeah, i just didn't want to do anything with my life so did
1: you do you still have access to the post the therapy that i do Mm -hmm. and has that helped is that what you used as a tool or did you go elsewhere
2: yeah so i talked to my therapist um a reason that got brought up with my therapist was because i randomly texted my case manager one day and i was like hey i'm no longer gonna pump and it was a mixture of things but i think my biggest thing was like I was riding this high for a few weeks and then now I'm having like a really bad low and I don't feel like I'm gonna come out of it for a while and I pumping alone pump like breast milk pumping is a job in itself
1: percent, it's a lot of work
2: and I just didn't need that pressure and that added stress in my life mm-hmm. so I was like okay I'm gonna cut it out I'm not gonna pump anymore yeah. I'm gonna just focus on me and like get myself mm-hmm. healthy because I've In the beginning, yeah, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I can do this. I can pump and I can live my life and go back to like normal routine. And then when I was having those really low like couple days, I was like, okay, This isn't going to just – I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and feel back to normal. I think this is something that's going to be a journey to get me back. So that
1: kind of opened up things to your case manager like, hmm, what's going on? Mm -hmm, Yeah. So
2: she asked, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, honestly, like my mental health is just – it's struggling right now. Like I'm having a really hard time with postpartum depression. And she was like, okay. And then that's when my therapist reached out and she's like, hey, your case manager. She told me,
0: you know, X, Y, and
2: Z and I just want to talk. So then we talked um, recently and she actually after telling – after I was like telling her what I've been feeling and – my mood swings and just like how little things can just like set me off and i'm just sad she recommended an antidepressant. Okay. So I'm going to be starting that um, okay. after my birthday, which is next week. So I'm super excited to start that and see yeah. how that journey is. We might need an episode yeah. three to yeah, this no, series
1: sure. <laughs> so we can 100%. see how these... So you still currently feel like you're kind of in the thick of it with it right yeah. now? So
0: when is it? Like nighttime, morning time? Because I feel like when you're with us, clearly like you're it's Yeah. It's good stuff. So is it like when you're not doing much?
2: Um.
0: Then makes it worse or I'm just so curious because I've no yeah so I'm like when does this set
2: in it's like a mixture like last night before Reagan's birthday party when I was like stressing about CVS I was literally driving here and I was like about ready to start bawling my eyes out and I was like I don't even want to go to this birthday party and I had to literally like coach myself in my own head, like tell myself like Mackenzie, it's not that serious. Like, literally, you just had to pay for some prescriptions out of pocket, and you're gonna get reimbursed. And like, right. it took like nice. you're gonna be a little late to the party, but like that's not the end of the world. Like you can still show up late. Mm-hmm. And it this was like is my mm-hmm. brain. Twenty. 24- I was
0: about to say I was like I've never had a baby, and I feel like this regularly. Is that not normal? Can someone tell <laughs> I don't me it's not normal? Because if it's not normal, I need to go see a therapist.
1: Well, it, this I mean, happens to me all the time. normal to an extent, but yeah. like, mm. like when this, I, this
0: happens to me, literally daily.
1: Yeah. Maybe we all need Silent. a group therapy. <laughs> <still> yeah. <feeling laughs> silence. They're like looking
0: at me like. Mm.
1: Well, maybe it doesn't. No, I think everyone should be in therapy. Let's start there. I mean, everybody yeah, needs there. it. Absolutely.
0: Fantastic. Yeah,
1: like, and it's interesting to to ask the question of like, when does it hit? Mm-hmm. Because someone who's been like chronically depressed, mm-hmm. like my entire like teenage years up yeah. until adulthood, like. You can be so good, but so bad at the same time. Like you're chilling, having a great conversation, laughing, and there's one moment of silence and your brain is in the darkest Mm -hmm. place it's ever been. And then boom, out of it, let's have a conversation again. So everybody around you thinks you're fine and you're straight, but your brain is self-destructing. And I can only imagine, I think that's what makes postpartum depression, like when you you physically have the infant with you, so terrifying. Because how are you supposed to take care of this extremely needy human being when you can't even get out of bed yeah and like you're lucky that you know kendall's older and you have the opportunity to to really take care of yourself i just feel for moms that like are going through the thick of it and have this tiny because newborn life is hard if you're in your best like mindset and mood you've ever been in it's still horrendous yeah Still it's just a struggle. like so crazy that that's like something that people have to deal with.
2: Yeah. And I was telling my therapist too, I was like, honestly, I feel because they were, um, her and my doctor, because my doctor's the one that, um, prescribed me the yeah. antidepressants a couple days ago. And both of them were like, have, did you experience this before? Like, have you been feeling mm-hmm. these things before? Were you experiencing this with your daughter? Right. And I was like, honestly, I think that not having a newborn with me draining me and making me wrapped up in them and caring for them has made me hyper aware of like my own emotions and I think that's I think I might have experienced it maybe not to that extreme like that I'm experiencing now because I definitely think like I I do need I need a medication or I need to talk to someone regularly at this point in my life but before with Kendall I don't know if I was just so sleep deprived that I would chop up like my postpartum depression to like I'm just tired or I need to eat or I need a coffee like baby was up all night but Mm -hmm. now I don't have a newborn that's taking all that energy and all of those moments of just sitting and like being with myself and thinking like okay you were just super erratic and like your mood just like flipped super quick why like what is going on in your life and I don't have a baby that's like oh it's because of a newborn it's like no it's because like this is you're you're struggling like you're dealing with probably postpartum depression and when you're a newborn. Parent. You're yeah. not able to sit there exactly. and think about You're
1: that. so focused on Mm -hmm. this little being that even if you have problems like everything takes a back burner you're eating you're drinking everything so you're like of course I feel like shit right right. but when you don't have that it's a lot easier to sit with yourself and go I know how I am as the mom of a almost Mm two-year-old this is not how I've been feeling like this is not me yeah so to be able to you have it makes more sense you'd have more of a mindset to acknowledge Mm -hmm. your own problems yeah I'm
2: just very more hyper aware I think this time around than I was with Kendall yeah and I think that the past, I mean, the past two years for ev- like everyone in this world, I'm sure, have just been very rough and a huge mm-hmm. adjustment between the pandemic and then adjusting to like basically not ever having a social life and then going back to socializing mm-hmm. and then how do you balance it? Like all? for you and for Allie and myself, like we had babies during mm-hmm. the pandemic and then we became parents and then. You know, we got married and like all of these huge life changes are happening. So I could have been experiencing some depression before this and just kind of suppressed that or like drank to cope because, I mean, like prime COVID, I was like getting lit at the house all the time. No one was working. Like you just partied and just hung out at home because everything shut down for a while. So I think that can mentally affect a lot of people, too. And that might have been like the start of things for me. And then it was just so many things. Like I had Kendall, and then I took a little break between pregnancies, and then I jumped right back into it with the surrogacy baby. And then Mm. it might have just been the two back to back. Yeah. Did you experience any kind of baby blues with Kendall? I did. I think I like would just have. Again, I'm just chopping it up to like I think I was just tired, like sleep deprived. Yeah. Like sleep deprivation is a real thing, and like can really mess someone up. Hundred percent. And not taking care of myself I wouldn't eat really I didn't have Mm -hmm. much of an appetite just because I was so stressed like stress can literally not make you hungry like (laughs) like I didn't have an appetite I was just living off of like 17 espressos and
1: (laughs) yeah and it's interesting because like now that you are experiencing it it's is it clear to you now that you didn't experience it before like for me, like I know I didn't experience postpartum depression, which is such a blessing because I was so at risk for it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely had baby blues. Yeah. Like how you were saying, like I would randomly burst into tears mm-hmm. and I would be like, what is wrong? I'm like nothing. I'm yeah. just crying. I have no idea. Yeah. And it's just because your emotions and your hormones are out of the out of this world. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I would know like, okay, this is not what I, what I experienced before. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that? Or you do feel like maybe you were going through it. And you were just too stressed to notice it.
2: I think maybe a little bit of both okay. in certain points of it. Um, but I definitely feel like this time it's more extreme. Do you if feel I like it has anything to
1: do it. with stopping pumping?
2: No, I don't really think that had anything to do with it. Because I had had like a couple breakdowns before. before you stopped. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what made me make that choice. Yeah. That, okay, I really need to focus on me now. Because I was going to continue to pump mm-hmm. and try and do it for as long as I could. but. I then I just was coming to this realization, like, no, your health needs to come first. And yeah. you did this amazing thing already by giving them a baby. So right. Don't push can... yourself
1: into the deepest hole to yes. try to, you know, because you have to live, too.
2: Absolutely. So that was a, it was like a, a I'm very happy that it happened because I yeah. know it will benefit my marriage. Oh, I know it'll yeah. benefit the type of mother I am to Kendall mm-hmm. down the line because if I just kept saying like, oh, it's just because I'm tired or I'm stressed or it's self-induced or whatever excuse I would give myself that day, right. it would never get better. And I would just gradually, like the ones around me would potentially leave because it's miserable to be around too. If someone's not, you yeah. know, wanting to get help and acknowledge like, okay, there's, there's something there. Like, yeah. like you, you maybe should talk to someone. And I think having a super supportive partner makes a big difference too like Trey. It's interesting that you're kind of all, both
1: going through a mental health journey yeah, with each other. It's kind of cool to
2: have that mm-hmm. moment. We probably sound like <laughs> crazy.
1: We're like yeah. both going through it at the same yeah. time.
2: But I think it's really good because I don't think a lot of guys like to talk about no, mental no, health.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think I it's a bad to, oh I don't stigma. want to start on Trey's story with Trey not here because I don't want to like start asking questions about Trey. Right. We do need to get Trey <laughs> we on the Love it. because that's a very important topic. We we went out to dinner that one time mm-hmm. and he was so open about it with us and it's just something so like cool to hear because you don't hear guys talk about it and I know guys struggle with it absolutely so it's just crazy I feel like this conversation is like making me feel like okay maybe I need to go back to therapy and Mm -hmm. like get back on medication Mm -hmm. just because I don't know I do that right like it's so easy when you have these moments, right? You have flare-ups where you're like, oh, my emotions are going all over the place. But it goes away. Yeah. So you're like, OK, I'm fine for now. But then it happens again. And it's like, how long do you live in that limbo of like, yeah. I'm freaking out and I'm so stressed. Like yesterday, before you guys came over, mm-hmm. full like losing my shit at yeah. everyone. I was so upset. Yeah. And then it goes away. And you're like, oh, maybe I was just crazy. But mm-hmm. it's like, you shouldn't think it's normal to feel out of control Absolutely. like that. Yeah. So it's just like, but starting your mental health journey, I feel like is the hardest part. Yeah finding your therapist, getting on the right medications. Mm -hmm. That's that part of the journey is tough because it's scary to take that leap and like, Oh, like, what if this, what if that, like, what if these medications don't work out for me or they make me this, or they make me that, like, it's just a scary journey. And especially when you've been on it previously. And then like, I feel like I've been like raw dogging life for like two years. (laughs) and I'm like, I don't know how I've been doing it, but like this conversation is making me feel like I need to like, Rethink about it. Queen yeah. over here with the anxiety probably does too. 100%. <laughs> I'm
0: already texting my dad. I'm like, um, dad, my dad has my insurance. Like, Queen, stand I, until you're 26. Um, Milk I it. need a uh, therapist. Yeah, because I have had no baby and I do this regularly.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I think that's such an important thing. It's not uh, normal to feel like shit all the time. Okay, I
0: thought it was. And, <laughs> and for your brain
1: to be. Well, this exploding. is like this is news for me at 20 something years old. <laughs> Girl, I'm like, on the same page with you. I'm. I'm like ignore it and. I'm
0: like, mm- crazy i've like always known i've had anxiety but like i'm just sitting here like mm, oh wow she's wow okay so that's not normal <laughs>
1: right you're like oh Mackenzie's in therapy and because taking of ABC,
0: medication, and i'm like mm, i experienced that too yeah wow. I'm like, sign okay. me up it's so common with yeah. you it's just weird. Yeah,
2: i think that there's a really 100%. bad stigma around it too depression you think like instantly like mental institution or like the worst well, possible therapy, situation
0: like, two different times in my life And I love therapy, but I've always stopped once I felt better. But, like, I think Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing thing. You know, maybe we just need to do it always. Yeah. That, (laughs) and I feel Because Allison does it always, and she's, She's been doing it for, like, seven years. She's, like, "Mm, you don't want to see me without my therapy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I was saying earlier, like, right before we started the podcast, and I was, like, we need to get, like, videos of... Allie was doing, like, mic checks, and I just thought all that stuff was so fun to see. Yeah. And I think that'd be a cool, like, Instagram post. But you guys were saying, like, you know, we just... It's just so even hard to record to episodes yeah. right now at really? this point point. Yeah. and I was like it'll ebb and flow like yeah totally. in a few months you might have so much time, time yeah. that you're gonna be like let's start a whole YouTube channel too yeah. and then a couple months after that you're gonna be like nope stop the YouTube channel like we don't have time and yeah. I feel like that's a like similar situation the same as like how your moods are and how like you're feeling you have really good like highs and then all of a sudden you have some lows but it doesn't mean you should stop completely right, doing right, whatever was helping right, you get to those highs right,
1: right. it's just like upkeep really mm-hmm.
2: like just making sure maintenance? you're
1: good yeah maintenance. yeah maintenance.
0: Yeah. on my brain yeah, yeah. you yeah. get like oil changes car, regularly like car, even if your car right. isn't broken right. down your on the side of the road such a powerful 100%, 100% muscle 100 percent. it controls so, everything yeah so if you think something that's what's happening
1: yeah so you need to take care of it absolutely this, is it. this i hope this is a news flash for everyone listening because it sure is for it me is, guys
0: <laughs> Ow pals. i'm over here like wow i mean it's medicine. crazy because like, it's crazy just
1: because you have a two-year-old doesn't mean you're out of it do you know what i mean right but
0: i think i always think because like i, have I don't have a newborn i should be fine yeah i'm like i'm like oh she's being crazy or i'm getting anxiety about these certain things and it's like oh, okay it's just because i'm a mom or because i'm stressing or because a b c d Mm-hmm. Maybe this is important. Normal. You don't
1: have to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't know people didn't
1: feel like that. I think that. Do you always feel like that? Oh well, like, I'm mm-hmm? a I'm a like diagnosed insane person. Okay. So oh, right. I just, like, do rare okay. case. I do always feel like that. I think I've just because I've been off of medication for so long, have found so many coping tools. Mm-hmm. And chance is my weighted blanket. Mm-hmm. Like that man has so many skills in his pocket of like. Oh. How to calm me down and freak me out because I couldn't be on medication when I was breastfeeding. Right, and yeah. I did that for 13 months. Yeah, so I got to needed. The, I got to the point where I was like, well, I haven't been on medications for this long. Like, do I really want to go through that again? Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's about that. I think it's about therapy. Yeah. And I think for me, my hard thing is that I had a therapist for so long. Yeah. And I don't see that therapist anymore because it was through my school. Mm. So if I was going to get another therapist, I'd have to start completely over. Yeah. And when you have as much shit as I have in my brain, I don't want to re-explain that. But I guess I don't have to start from scratch. I can just start from now.
0: Yeah, work with where I'm at.
1: It'll get brought up, too. Yeah, it will get brought up. Why are
0: you, why, why, because of why? Yeah, and And then then you start talking about
1: it. A lot of, I feel like, starting therapy, too, is there's, like, a brief period where it's hard because you're trying to get out of the mindset that makes you feel bad but in order to do that you have to bring yourself back to that bad mindset and talk about how you feel yeah. in those bad moments which then puts you in the bad moments mm-hmm. so it's hard because you have to get through that to, to talk about it and get past it but
2: absolutely so that's
1: a scary concept do i really want to sit down with someone and explain to them why i feel like shit? Yeah. it's going to make me feel like shit. yeah so it's just the whole thing is, like, yeah. such a... Like, sitting down and explaining why you're stressed out is going to remind you of all the things that stress you out. One yeah. million percent.
2: It's easier to suppress. Yes. But it's not... In the long... long that's a short-term fix. Yes. It's
1: not a long-term fix. Absolutely not. So it's, like, it's like working out. Like, a lot of the reasons... Like, Alyssa's told me that she works out. She's like, because I want to still be limber when I'm 40. Like, yeah, I still right. want to be able to do my shit and go on hikes and yeah. all that. It's, like, yeah. not as much about, like, getting fucking, yeah, like, toned really, and yes. crazy. It's right. about moving my body mm-hmm. and it's the same with our brains. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I feel like we we all that's need to good, do that's some That's a really good point. It's an analogy. Really good
0: point because I'm like super into like I your body to health, you're eating, body yeah. And like what I put into it. But what are you doing and to like your maybe brain? To do the same to my mind. That's that's a good point. That's a really good point.
2: Yeah. And I I feel like like You, Allie, had no, I could be completely wrong, but Mm. just knowing you at this moment, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have no issue explaining. Like, you'll tell anyone off the street, like, oh, yeah, I meant, like, I was diagnosed mentally insane. Like, you'll tell everyone your past. And I feel like in different family settings and stuff, like, I was telling my, I like came home, my grandparents were like, oh, how was your doctor's appointment? I was like, it was good. And I like struggled. Like, I sat there and I was like, do I say I was prescribed antidepressants. And I don't know why in my head like I was like no don't do that like that's just going to open up like a can of worms and I'm like no say it because yeah. I think it needs to be talked about and I want my brother 100%. and my sister to see oh, that like yes. it's okay to get help and it's okay to talk right. about it and right. it's not a negative connotation. A lot the thing of with
0: older people is like they have such a different mindset yes it can be hard talking Mm -hmm. to them about that but I think it would be really good to talk to your sister or your brother yeah but it was just
2: like in general like my mom too my mom was like oh how was your doctor's appointment and I was like oh it was good and like the last thing I said was Mm -hmm. you know I was like oh yeah they gave me you know my birth control I have like this bacterial thing blah blah blah. they got me a prescription for that I'm on antibiotics and then last and I'm like and knowing in my head like say you have you were prescribed antidepressants like say it say it and I was like and I was and my mom was like that's good like that's you know you need that. And I was like, okay, it's accepted. You a know, I of, like a needed lot that. Of
1: it within yourself is normalizing it with the people around you yes. like it's just a part of me. Like yeah. I have this, I have that. Like that's been a hard thing for me too with like the word bipolar because there's like such a stigma around it. Yeah. People are like, "Oh my god, insane Britney Spears." Like that's what people think. That's
0: what it's not treated. Right. Well, that, but that's like
1: what, what, at least in my brain, before I was diagnosed, mm-hmm. with, associated with. So it's hard because you worry, are the people around me going to think like, every time I do something a little nuts, they're going to be like, it's because she's bipolar. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that, which, fuck it, it could be. But like, <laughs> I mean, these are the things that if you're going to accept <laughs> it within yourself, you have to, that's part of you. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's right. your choice it when, it doesn't go away. And it's your choice when, you, when and how you want to share it. I'm mm-hmm. not saying everybody has to fucking be loud and proud about it. But I think that a recent moment where a good example of that was Trey. Mm-hmm. Sitting down at dinner, we were all there, the boys, everything, and upfront said like what he was going through. Yeah. And that he was on medications or that's like why he wasn't drinking. Yeah. And you could just see everybody at the table, like not even like quiet, but going like, Oh, me too, or mm. I was on that too. Or mm-hmm. and everybody starts talking about like their experiences with it because it's so normal. Yeah.
2: Are you getting upset? I'm getting emotional. Oh Mackenzie. <laughs> I'm just so... Sorry. You're going to make me... No, don't cry. <laughs> take a breath. Take a breath. It'll be a better to take a breath. I am seriously so thankful for you guys because Trey would not have gotten the help if he didn't hear you and Allison talk about really? you guys getting help. Mm-hmm. Aww. And I'm just so, so thankful that not only did I gain best friends, mm-hmm. but you. he has... The boys and the best friends and he's wanting to better himself now. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely it makes it a lot easier to go through something when you know
1: We've all been you've it.
2: been there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is so special. So sorry. <laughs> I know I'm I'm a um what's the word for it? Sympathy crier? Yeah. <laughs> like if someone calls me cries, I'm like, bitch, I'm fucking crying. We'd be regularly
0: crying. No, I am
2: just I will be forever eternally grateful for you guys for bringing mm-hmm. me here because I, like, just looking back on the short amount of time that we've been friends and, like, have been able to hang out and seeing, even though you guys may not see it, like, I've seen it in our own home, like, Trey and me and Kendall and just seeing how, like, it's shifted. That's- Things are things are moving in the right direction mm-hmm. for our mental health, for the well being of our relationship, mm-hmm. for us to be good parents mm-hmm. to Kendall and to be good friends too. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you like wanna, yeah. This yeah. is what fucking happens when you surround yourself with, with good, good people.
0: People like people yeah. that don't put pressure like on the way shit my life has shifted
1: from hanging out with shitty people to hanging out with good people. Like you see the difference fucking overnight. Yeah, like good people bring your life up and that's just if you're surrounded with people that don't make you sit and cry across from each other because you're so grateful (laughs) find new people (laughs) right because they're out there they are amazing at any point in your life Uh, okay well I think that's a good place to stop because <laughs> we're all gonna <laughs> hug and just no, cry no, in the room for a little no, bit. Guys, are
2: we done? Yeah, we're done. Um,
1: I hope that everybody got something valuable out of this episode because I did. Just sitting here, so I did. Yeah, I texted
0: my dad right
1: now. <laughs> bitch picked up her phone and was like, "Dad, hey, dad. he's like, we need you to make sure this is in our insurance. <laughs> yeah. Like, what
0: can we like, do? He's like, do you want your old therapist or a new therapist? I'm like, surprise
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> I just need someone to talk I need to. Someone.
0: <laughs> that I okay. don't know. Well, let's cheers out um, yes. to taking care of our
1: brains. Yes. Bye, guys. <laughs>